You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws that Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Yeah. And we're coming to you once a week this summer talking football, fantasy, fantasy football, all the weird crap you guys email us about. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. But first, an admission. We are previously recording this episode. This is May 16th, Tuesday, recording this because as you're listening right now, we are in Sweden together. (laughs) And we're not recording a podcast in Sweden. Spotify headquarters didn't want to record it in person, though, because, you know, I don't know. It seemed hard. Yeah, but we're we're taking over the Spotify headquarters. So look out. More to come. (laughs) Yeah, if you want any, like, general things on Spotify, email us ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. And they actually just let us make changes to the app itself. So we can just submit whatever you want, and we actually will. We, we promise we will get it. That's fixed one of the workshops. Is yeah, it's, we a little, get to yeah, it's like a little code. Build-A-Bear station. Yeah. You just kind of change whatever you want. Also, if we have any people out there who have been to Stockholm, send us recommendations. We'd love oh my! That. Well, no, it's this is the banked episode. We should have done it on the previous one. <laughs> well, no, I mean we're going to yeah. be there for well, like they can still four or five days. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Email. That's true. Right, we're still there. Email us quickly because we're leaving soon. <laughs> so, like, I want to go. Email. I want to go on a boat tour. If people know about boat tours, hit me up. <laughs> you say tour. The people from like the Midwest would say like tour, like rhyme it with fishing lure, but you're not quite Chicago. You've got like the blend of that. Anyway, I say we tour. Start, tour. Yeah, we should start the show. We're doing quarterbacks today. We're not going to do every quarterback, but we're definitely going to do all like the ones quarterbacks we disagree on. And then the most the quarterbacks that gave, at least for me, the ones I have are the ones that gave me the most personal angst and confusion. Mm. on. I don't know what to do with these people. Uh, but first, I want to do a general overview on just the quarterback because for a decade, it's been like, wait on quarterbacks. Don't take quarterbacks. The entire time we've had this podcast, we've been like, don't take a quarterback high, like wait on it, get them later. And now we have three quarterbacks in our top 30. So, DK, 
Why should people trust us? Why aren't we talking on both sides of our mouth? We've said that taking quarterback early is for noobs. And now we're like, yeah, just take whoever in the top 30. Like, what? It, why? Well, we're allowed to change our minds, first of all. We don't have to stick to that forever. Uh, the fantasy has changed. I think basically in the old days, the you could get essentially the same production from the QB 12, QB 13, whatever. Like, later drafted guys would give you approximately the same type of production as the top guys. And there was a massive amount of opportunity cost in taking a quarterback early. Now there's quarterbacks that run and pass score a whole bunch of points on the ground. And those guys are massive, massive advantages in fantasy. Jalen Hurst, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the Lamar Jacksons of the world. Those guys are scoring, you know, 30 points and winning you a week. Whereas you got the guys in the lower end, Matt Stafford, for instance, last year was averaging like eight points per game. And he was like my go-to late round quarterback for a couple of years. So um, I think the game has changed. Fantasy has changed. The football has changed. And so that's why now we take quarterbacks a little bit higher. Yeah. I mean, the difference between the first guy and the, and the 10th best guy is just, it's just wider than it used to be. I mean, these, these dudes, Josh Allen's your, your Jalen hurts. These guys are running for five to 700 yards a year and throwing for 35 touchdowns. I mean, they're like two players in one now. Yeah, two players in one. That's the best way to put it because that's what we always say about Travis Kelsey where it's like he's just two players because he's literally like double the more, actually double the points of like the 10th best tight end. And quarterbacks are like that too where it's like, okay, what if you just took like Jared Goff and then like added like not quite Josh Jacobs and then took them together <laughs> right. and play them both. Right. It is. It's like an extra, you get an extra position every week. I think that the other, Craig said it, uh, just a few seconds ago of like, it used to be hard to predict which quarterbacks would play well. Like it actually used to be hard to lock down the top five. And now it's actually really easy because of the rushing yards. A rushing yards worth almost three times the passing yard. And we know who the guys are who rush. So the mystery's out of it. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes and the guys who run are like the elite guys and the guys who can approach Mahomes' numbers in the pocket. And like, that's kind of it. So we really have like a, I feel like we're in a fantasy era quarterback of like the haves and have nots. And I feel like last season changed it more than ever. It's like, if you didn't have Hertz or Mahomes, um, you know, Justin Fields down the stretch, like you felt it more last year than in almost any season. Um, so we've, yeah, as Deacon said, we changed with the time. So we're going to go through, it's weird. Like, <laughs> I'm looking at our rankings right now. We've got Jalen Hurts, our number one guy. This is 25 next to his name. It looks weird, but you know what? As Deacon said, I can't have, you're not going to have Matt Stafford this year. He's a huge advantage. I mean, he's scoring just so many points a week. He actually is winning people weeks. Last year, we've talked about this on a recent pod. If you had Jalen Hurts, it was like you're almost guaranteed to finish in the top half of your league, if not first. So, it, you know, it's a huge, huge advantage to have a guy like that who, you know, he scored 15 touchdowns on the ground or something like that. Like, that's unheard of. I don't yeah. think you can overstate how good Hertz was. And yeah. I, I think I want him more than I've ever wanted the number one overall quarterback in fantasy football. He is, and I, he's only going to get better. He was awesome in the Super Bowl. He was awesome all year. He keeps getting better every year. The team is as good as it's ever been. The offensive line is good. They have great weapons. Like I, I want, I'll, I'll pay any price for Jalen Hurts. And they had the easiest schedule in football last year, but in a weird way that can hurt and it also can help because they, he just, the Eagles in the second quarter were like the best team in years. But if you watch the Eagles, like they were just shutting it down in fourth quarter. Like they weren't doing much. Jalen Hurts yeah. scored all his points. It felt like in the first three quarters. So the idea that actually getting in shootouts, I think that can help AJ Brown and a bunch of people, but um, they did not love the tush push. Yeah. That's another thing. The quarterback cheat, the QB cheek. It's like they, they steal it. an extra down because they can, <laughs> they, they think about how many drives they extend because of that play, because they're so good at unstoppable. I have a good stat for you for the uh, getting two players in one thing that we were just talking about with Jalen Hurts last year. Sorry. And Craig, this is going to hurt you probably a little bit. 
Last year, Jalen Hurts had 760 yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. He scored 154 points on the ground alone. You're going to say that that's more than Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett had 149 fantasy points total. He scored more points as a runner than Kenny Pickett scored total. So that's that gives you an idea. That's, I think, a good representation. Of course, not like Pickett was a high scorer or anything, but like that gives you an idea why late-round quarterback is less reliable these days than it and, used to be. So we've got a clear top tier. Uh, the, our top three, we've got, it's Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. To be totally honest, you can draft those guys in whatever order, and I don't care. Like, it's I'm not going to have a strong opinion on which order, but I think those are clearly the top three guys. And there's reason, right? Jalen Hurts, in his, it's not just last year, he actually has more 30-point performances as a starter than he does under 16, which is pretty insane. Jeez. Uh, wow. Patrick Mahomes has like never been not top five by points per game. And then Josh Allen's just been a top two quarterback each of the last couple of years. So it's kind of hard. So I was kind of thinking like, all right, what order would I really want these guys in? And I kind of dug in and I, I think I, I kind of want to do a little therapy session with you guys. Cause we have not talked about this. Like we do our rankings. We have, you know, we, we put them together. We have a ring of fantasy football rankings at fantasyfootball.com. But we have not talked about this and I want to, I, I need to save space. Okay. I'm wobbling a little bit on Josh Allen. Oh, how so? Which is weird because he's been literally, as I said, like top two quarterback each last three years. But I'm moving him to the bottom of this tier, actually. I'm putting I'm taking Mahomes and Jalen Hurts over him. Like, I'm not saying he's going to have a terrible year or anything, but like there's two reasons. It's, I think Josh Allen's going to run less this year. And I'm like really worried about Josh Allen getting hurt. I'm really worried about it. And I know that's insane. And it's a cop out, right? It's not analysis because like any player can get hurt. However, any player... Is not having their general manager publicly saying at every chance they get, I'm really worried this player will get hurt. And if right. you listen to Brandon Bean, who's the GM of the Bills, all this guy talks about now is how much he needs Josh Allen to drastically change his play style because he's so afraid that Josh Allen will get hurt. That's all he talks about. They're obsessed with finding pass-catching running backs because they just desperately, desperately want him to stop running, right? Can like I counter you, Heifetz? Can I counter? Please. Uh, he did get hurt last year kind of badly, and he was the number two player in fantasy. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, he hurt his elbow in, in the Brandon Bean told a story about that and Brandon Bean was like, so he Josh Allen hurt his elbow against the Jets. He had like the UCL injury and I also don't get how science works. It's like pitcher does the, I know they have to throw it harder, but regardless Josh Allen gets the UCL injury and they, they didn't know internally whether he'd be able to play and it was the Friday before the game and the doctors clear Josh Allen, but the doctor clearing him is like, alright Josh you have to be very careful like, you really, really don't want to aggravate this. You have to take as few hits as possible. It's very important. And then in, like, the second quarter, Josh Allen rolls out on a pass instead of throwing it away, not only runs and tries to truck a linebacker with that arm. <laughs> and after the game, it. Brandon Bean goes down and is like, dude. And Josh Allen just has this, like, shit-eating grin on his face. But, like, I don't know. In all seriousness, like, like, Brandon, like the quotes that Brandon Bean has, he sounds like a, like, it's cool that Josh Allen runs. He hurdles people. It's awesome. It's like fun to watch. It's great for fantasy. I think it's also turned Brandon Bean into a nervous Jewish mother where he's just like watching all these games through his hands. He's like, yeah. in January, he was like, they asked him about saying Josh should improve on. He's like, too many bruises on him. The only reason I'll ever criticize Josh is just take less hits. And then he said another one. It's like, dude, it's the first quarter in week two. We don't need you trying to run over a linebacker. I have found a combined like five minutes of Brandon Bean talking about this. But then you look at it, it's like they draft a guard in the second round. They bring in Damian Harris at running back, Latavius Murray at running back. Those are big dudes. And I'm like, Josh Allen has been the goal line running back for the Bills the last three years. Like Josh Allen has more goal line attempts than the running backs. And so 
I kind of don't think they want to do that anymore because they gave him like three or four hundred million dollars. And I think at least the combo of I'm not saying he's going to stop running. That's not what I'm saying. But I kind of think that if I, I guess what I'm saying is if there's a tier where we're like, well, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, they're all so good. It's hard to even tell the difference. And I'm like, well, one of them, their boss's boss is like freaked out that unless he makes a radical change to his style of play, he's going to get hurt. I'm like, well, let's not take that guy. Right. I think it's, but you're like overthinking it a little bit, I think, because it's marginal. He's going to run probably a little bit less, but he's also in this tier sort of by himself because he does throw a lot of touchdowns too through the air. You know what I mean? He has 71 touchdowns, passing touchdowns over the last two seasons. That's second only to Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes doesn't really run that much. Mahomes is superpower in fantasy is just, he's so, so much better than everyone. And he throws way more touchdowns and for way more yards. And he's in the offense that goes up, you know, up tempo all the time and pass heavy. And it's just like the perfect situation for him to be a fantasy God. Josh Allen is a perfect combination of a guy who's going to run. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to like be the goal line back some. I, maybe he does decrease in that a little bit next year, but he's still passing a ton too. Um, so I don't know. Like to me, it feels like you're just overthinking it a little bit. He's literally second in touchdown passing touchdowns. That's fair. Years. Can I clarify real quick though? I agree. I'm not saying he's going to stop running. And he actually, you said the two years. He, he's been really consistent as a passer. I think it's the 37, 36, 35 passing touchdowns. His completion percentage last year was exactly the same to the freaking decimal as the year before. Like it's weird. It's like 66.31 or something. The point I'm making though, it's not like, oh, well, he'll run slightly less and go out of bounds two yards earlier. What I'm saying is I actually agree with Brandon Bean. Josh Allen does not know how to protect himself. And I guess it's like, I, maybe I'm overthinking it because, again, everyone could get hurt. But I'm like, no, if you watch Josh Allen, he's totally reckless. And Josh Allen had this quote where he's like, yeah, no, eventually I'm going to have to change my style. Like, you know, I think it's like a curse of youth. Like, you know, I, I use my youth and I know eventually I'll have to. I guess my body will have to tell me. I'm like, yeah, this guy's 26, 27. It's like he's going to have to sustain a big. I don't think he's going to actually change. And I'm like. I think when I watch Jalen Hurts, I don't feel that way at all. So maybe it's insane, but part of me is like, we always say you have to nitpick at the top to separate. I'm like, he's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of crazy the way he's, like he's stiff-armed a guy with his elbow that he tore his UCL. And I'm like, well, if he gets hurt, I'll feel pretty stupid. He's a maniac. This is like what we were talking about on the tight ends episode where we were talking about how a player has two primes. They have their physical prime in their kind of mid to late 20s and then they have their mental prime in their early to mid 30s. And then when they're smarter, a little bit less athletic, but it actually combines to make a better player. Josh Allen is like the quintessential, like peaking physically, but like eh, mentally, maybe he's like still a bit uh, like uh, reckless. It's the, I'm never going to die. 100%. Like, he's like the outfielder sprinting into the home run fence to try and catch a pass, uh, try and catch a, a fly ball. There's a reason men in their 20s have their car insurance like 10 times more than like, you know, what <laughs> right. they do in their 60s. That'd be funny. We should do like fantasy insurance policies on players. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think what you're saying right now is correct and I agree with it. And it is probably the reason why he is third amongst these top three. But I think your fear is more of a long-term one than next year. I, I think... He's got that dog at him. He's not going to listen to whatever the yeah. hell Brandon Bean is saying. And he's yeah. still only 26 years old and he's still going to be electric. But like when he's 32, I think you're right. And I'm sure a bad injury, knock on what it doesn't happen, but I'm maybe something will happen. It'll change his perspective and he'll start playing differently. But I think for now, he's still going to be the same guy. Yeah. To be clear, like I, I acknowledge Josh Allen's incredible. We still have him as top 30 player. I'm saying, I think I want Mahomes and Hurts over him. And it sounds a little weird, but also the Bills offense did have struggle last year at points. But Josh Allen's still incredible. I just keep thinking, 
I never have looked at a guy who hasn't gotten a big injury as like an injury risk, except like, Dan, the fourth time Brandon Bean brought this up. I'm like, they must be, they know a lot more than us. Anyway, that's all. So, yeah. So do you guys have Josh Allen third, first, second, what? Third. Um, I think I've got him third too. Yeah. Despite all that, but I've got them all right next to each other. Brandon Bean's just like a concerned parent. You know, they all say this. All right. Yeah. Now, I, I also just gave a whole spiel last week about how Travis. Ke- well, I'm lying. It's earlier today. It was like an hour ago because we recorded these mm. together. But <laughs> Travis Kelsey was like never going to get hurt. So I'm excited for Josh Allen to play every snap of every game and Kelsey. Get hurt <laughs> end, so um, my bad. All right. Just that's another person that was really hard to rank. We've got Allen Hurts and Mahomes in the top tier. Our next tier, we got Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. And I think Lamar was so difficult to rank. He's tough. I actually, I'm looking at my ranks. I got him in the same sort of tier as those three guys we talked about before. Even though, honestly, and I, and I was putting together some numbers on him. You and, have him and, with Hertz, Mahomes, and Josh Allen? Yeah. I think it's just I'm bullish on what he can do in this offense. If he can stay healthy, obviously, because he's been hurt the last couple of seasons. He only played 12 games in the last two seasons each. Um, so that's obviously con- concern. But... I don't know. I feel like they are going to pass more in this in this uh, Todd Monken offense. I think that's going to help him raise raise his ceiling a little bit because we know he's going to run and we know he's going to you know do his thing on the ground. But like twenty two hundred yards passing last year, twenty eight hundred yards passing the year before, uh, twenty seven hundred yards passing in twenty twenty. So like going back, he's he's not a very high volume passer, not a ton of touchdowns, um, and honestly, like he's been a tier below the top quarterbacks in each of the last three seasons in in points per game. Last year, he was the QB six in points per game. 2021, QB nine. 2020, QB eight. And then going back to 2019, that was his flamethrower season where he won the MVP, was the QB one by far, and was like a league winner. So it's been a a minute since we've seen that peak Lamar Jackson, the guy who can just absolutely win your league. But it does feel to me like we're getting closer to the stars aligning and him having that type of season again this year, because I do think they're going to be more high volume passing. I think they're going to um, spread things out a little bit more. It's going to be a different look offense and they got him more weapons. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm just, what's keeping, what do you think is going to keep him from, from reaching that this year? Well, the immune system thing where he gets sick as often as your three-year-old child. I hope that that changes. <laughs> right. Right. Um, That's tough. The contract's weird because we're always like happy for guys to be in a contract year and then they get paid. And Lamar, I feel like, got paid, but also was angry enough that he has so much to prove. I agree with you. Where I, I think we will ha- only in retrospect will we look back and realize how weird the Ravens' offense was. With uh, we keep talking about it, but it's like Devin Duvernay and Mark Andrews was like hurt buttoning up this otherwise receiving core that was basically on par with the Houston Texans. And on top of it, they also, as we keep saying, like this fullback. Patrick Ricard, who's really a defensive end that like does like is not a play. They were playing with one fewer pass catcher than every other team right. and condensing their like they were doing everything counter to the way modern football is played, like literally everything. They were basically trying to be like Navy, even though they had Lamar Jackson. <laughs> right. And so Todd Monken is such a cool offensive coordinator. Like he was at Georgia. I mean, they do really cool stuff. At George, like they were having Brock Bowers, who's this incredible tight end who's going to be in next year's draft class. They had him taking sweeps, like 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 a receiver. Yeah. Right. And then like so I think that Todd Monk, like if you just hear him talk about the concept of balance, he's like, he was asked about run pass balance. He's like, I think of balance much more holistically. And he sounded kind of like Phil Jackson, like he'd just take a bunch of acid or something. But the <laughs> idea, I think we're gonna see stuff from Baltimore that we haven't seen in a long time. So I agree with you, DK. I think Lamar is like a uh weirdly like a even beyond a post-type sleeper, like a post-type right. juggernaut. 
I think there's something about Lamar never really doing anything in the playoffs and just kind of disappointing at the end of every season that kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth with Lamar. He's almost like the James Harden of quarterbacks. Where it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Holy shit. Where it's like, everybody agrees he's like one of the best talents in the league, but there's always a problem. There's always something that happens at the end of the year. There's always an issue. And at the end of the day, no one actually ever puts him in like the true elite category with your Steph, LeBron, Durant. He's always a tier below that, despite the fact that he's putting up the same numbers as all these other players. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know anything about basketball, but that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the difference is, I, I agree with everything. Uh, Dick, the only context you need is that James Harden has his jersey retired in a strip club. But other than that, <laughs> okay. this isn't that bad. <laughs> it's yeah. good context. I don't know. Lamar cares about winning, but you're right, though, Craig. It's like Lamar, for better or for worse, like Charles Barkley doesn't even describe how much it would be like never won a title. Like the, If Lamar like never actually improved on his playoff record, it would be the worst playoff record for a great athlete of my lifetime. I mean, wasn't there that thing last year where players were mad that he didn't play at the end of the season? He didn't <laughs> show up to the playoff. It wasn't even like he, they were, look, obviously the contract, and I understand like what happened and like, shout out Stephen Reeves for literally being like, he should never play for them again. And then like he did. And Lamar's like retweeting Stephen. But <laughs> um, Lamar was hurt and there was a disagreement first over how hurt Lamar was. And that there was, a, I mean, Sammy Watkins came out and Sammy Watkins playing for the Ravens team. Sammy Watkins was like, yeah, I don't know why Lamar's not playing. But then Lamar didn't come to the playoff game. Which is like that's kind of weird. In, it's insane, yeah. but that's how it's bad very James Hardeny. Yeah, well, it's, uh, James Harden will also never represent himself. He would definitely have an agent do else trade demands. But um, Lamar, like it, it's that's honestly how bad the Lamar trade negotiations got or the contract negotiations got. But I agree, Craig. Like, but again, it's like I actually think you're getting a discount. Like, so we have Lamar Jackson ranked forty fourth. Um. He's the top five quarterback. Like, I mean, he could totally outscore these other guys. It's like, you know, again, it's hard to exaggerate how much Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, was kind of limiting. So we'll see. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Speaking of this next tier, so we basically have the, the big three at the top, then we have the next three, which is Burrow, Lamar, and Fields. And then we have two guys after that in, the, in a third tier of their own. And it's Herbert and it's Trevor Lawrence. We'll start with Herbert. And I think the question with these with, with these two guys is like, should they be in the tier with Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Fields, or should they be in their own tier? Herbert's a really interesting case. Because I feel like you got to start with Kellen Moore, who's now their OC, came from Dallas. His time there was pretty successful, I would say. Uh, the Cowboys were the sixth, first, and fourth uh, offense at points in the three seasons when Dak finished the year healthy. They were fifth in EPA per play in his four years there. 
And, you know, Brandon Staley brought them in, brought them in to fix all the problems that the Chargers have kind of suffered the last few seasons. So, like, it, they've been a really frustrating offense. What, for, Kellen Moore's going to do an exorcism? Is he a priest? <laughs> Maybe he is, honestly. Who knows? <laughs> if he made Dal if Dalton Schultz a top three tight end, he could do anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, Brandon Staley wants him to come in to marry the pass and the run more effectively because the Chargers can't run the ball. And then it kind of turned their passing game into the run where Justin Herbert was just like checking down for four yard outs for like the entire game. We can go go back and watch that Jaguars Chargers wildcard game where the Chargers blew a 27 0 lead. The second half was like the most frustrating thing you've ever seen. It was literally <laughs> check down after check down after check down. Um, so, you know, you bring in uh, Kellen Moore. You also can't overstate that Justin Herbert was like super injured last year. The year before last, Justin Herbert was the number two quarterback in fantasy football, straight up number two. He was fantastic. He threw for over 5,000 yards, and it was like, He's a rocket ship taking off. Then he injures his ribs so badly. And what was it? Week four? No, it was week two. Five? It was the first Amazon Prime Thursday football game because we were all watching it. And we were like, oh, like, I actually remember thinking, did he, one of his like internal organs just rupture? For the next <laughs> like five weeks, Herbert, I mean, was not running the ball, could barely roll out of the pocket and throw across his body. He was wincing. There were times where he would oh literally gosh, like yeah. spike the ball into the ground because the guy opened down the field was too far for him to throw it. And- so he wasn't that great. You know, he's the 15th best quarterback this year. But if so you say he's a bitch, it's not tough enough. No, Herbert's <laughs> tough, tough enough, man. No. Ask he actually is insanely tough. Yeah. I mean, so it's hard. Part of me is like he should be in this tier with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields because the last year he was healthy with a, with a worse offensive coordinator and a worse supporting uh, cast. He was the number two quarterback in fantasy football. And now you have Kellen Moore coming in to drive the Ferrari. That is Herbert. You add Quentin Johnston, first round wide receiver at a TCU. Shouts out Kai. <laughs> and you, I, the O-line was also really beat up last year. They're going to be healthier. I, I, it's definitely one of those things where when you look back on Herbert, you're going to be like, I don't know. Herbert kind of wasn't that good last year. I remember watching him. He didn't run. He typically runs for like 300 yards a season. Last year, he ran for like 120. And but I, I actually think all of the arguments as to why Herbert was bad are very valid. And I, I think he should be in, in the second tier. So this is actually, I think this is essential because we, so we have, J again, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, and Josh Allen at the top tier. And then Lamar, Joe Burrow, we didn't talk about him, and Justin Fields. And then it's like, there's a drop off of like Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, Tua. And it's like, all right, what do you do with Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence? Do Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence belong with Burrow, Lamar, Fields? Like, should Herbert be with Burrow, Lamar, and Fields, and Lawrence is with Dak, or like? And we ended up kind of just putting Herbert and Lawrence together because they're both, I mean, six six white dudes with like kind of long hair that like throw a lot and probably they're actually fast but don't run as much as they should. And like, we all like them as real life quarterbacks, probably more than fantasy. But you're right in that. But both could pretty easily lead the league in passing yards, and no one would be surprised. Well, let me ask you this: for all the reasons that we just said, talked about Lamar Jackson, why he should be in the top four. Aren't, don't all those reasons kind of apply to Justin Herbert? Yeah. Well, the difference hurt. is Lamar he has, has the most rushing yards for quarterback in a single season ever. And that's the I mean, basis. That's fair. But like what Herbert has the most passing yards ever for a guy in the first three seasons of his career. And then you factor in that he was also hurt like Lamar. They also have a new off offensive coordinator like Lamar. And he has a proven track record of being an elite fantasy player when he was the QB two in 2021. Like, isn't it the same thing? 
I kind of had forgotten, honestly, how well he played two years ago. He, I'm just looking at this. The we're establishing right now. that DK does not remember the 2021 season. Like, <laughs> I don't that have has a lot been of well established. Long term memory. I, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I was just going to say the in terms of passing yards over the last two seasons, it's Mahomes, Brady, and Herbert. He threw for 5,000 yards and had 38 touchdowns in 2021. His numbers are eerily, eerily similar to Joe Burrow's over the last two seasons combined. Like they're almost they're almost exactly the same, except for Herbert has more yards. Burrow has seven or six more touchdowns, but they're pretty close otherwise. So do we need to move Herbert up or bring Burrow down? <laughs> I, I think it's you bring Herbert up personally. Yeah. I he, think that's he fair. can stay. I mean, this is so stupid. Like we're, we're getting into semantics here, but like, I think he should stay the same. He, he should still be the QB seven in our rankings. He should just be in a different tier. <laughs> that's fair. Nice. This is why people come to us in May. <laughs> This is actually very convincing. I'm in. I'm in. No, but I think I think you're right. I think that Herbert, I I agree with Craig. It's like Herbert's in year one of the three year cycle that Lamar has been in, where it's like the insane, incredible playoff losses make people very eager to take the shine off of like what was promised. When honestly, if you watch Herbert, the idea that that loss was his fault, I think, is insane. Um, but I am perfectly happy to let people convince themselves or whatever that Herbert is like overrated. If that means I get Justin Herbert. <laughs> because if, if right. I can wait and like, if I don't have, to, if I don't get Hurts, Mahomes, Josh, Burrow, Lamar Fields, but then like Herbert just lasts too long. I, he's there. There's something about having like an incredible quarterback you get to watch every week and you don't feel like you have to pray for them to be good. And Herbert is kind of the last one left, honestly, because Trevor Lawrence, Dak, Daniel Jones, Sean Tua. There's an element to all those guys where there's flaws. Trevor Lawrence is young and but that's kind of it but the rest of these herbert's the last one where i'm like i have no questions about the floor and i i think the rushing thing was big last year i mean again he he runs for like 300 yards and three touchdowns every year that is how many fantasy points 30 plus 18 that's 48 fantasy points he had 14 last year so that's like a 35 point difference if you just add 35 points to his total he's the qb5 last year like, if he just doesn't have a horrible rib injury, even in the weird offense he was in, he's probably like a top six quarterback. And now you add in Kellen Moore and a better uh, better wide receivers and a healthy O-line. Rashawn Slater was out all last year. I don't know. It's just oh, like, yeah. this guy's well, probably just a top five quarterback and we're getting out of hand. Counterpoint. What if it's his fault he got hurt in the ribs because he's so tall that he has a giant strike zone for, like, his ribs are just so big that it'll keep happening. He should just grow his hair out extra long. It's more padding. Well, that's that's actually idea. what he should do. Mm. You know? I don't know. Should we, should, <laughs> you guys are on board tier two, Herbert. I am. Come on. Yeah. Like he's not a different tier than Joe Burrow. What are we okay, doing? So, well, while we're talking about long hair, does that, so Trevor Lawrence, does Trevor Lawrence get his own tier? Like Kyle Pitts? Or are we sticking Trevor Lawrence, like Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Deshaun? To, uh, I, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of think he should be in this tier two. This is definitely like projecting. <laughs> I, a lot of these guys have the track record, like Herbert and Lamar and stuff like that. So you can just place him in. And, and Lawrence is like, this will be the year he does it. And we're like trying to be a year early. But man, it, God, if you look at the difference between one and year, what year one and two with with Lawrence, it's it's nuts, man. He, he threw twelve touchdowns and seventeen picks year one. Last year he goes twenty five touchdowns, eight picks. And if you just look at the second half of last year, fourteen touchdowns, two interceptions. He was the QB six in points per game. Dude, the, 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 that's your brain on Urban Meyer and your brain not on Urban Meyer. Like literally, <laughs> honestly, like every now and then you have to just throw a season out. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence's rookie year should be thrown out. And if you kind of just look at 2022 as like a weird hybrid of a rookie and a sophomore year, 
Dude, I think Trevor Lawrence is the truth. Like, I, I honestly, yeah. I think he is going to be every single bit as good as he was promised. I, I think he, he's incredible. His development, his aggressiveness. Like, I think he also has the disposition to actually be a quarterback, which not everyone has. But like, talent wise, decision process, uh, decision making, processing. I, there's kind of nothing when I watch him. He doesn't. Want, he also can run. Like, right. he also is like right. fleet of foot. So I agree. Where it's like. I, I don't mind him being in that tier because he probably doesn't belong, but it's, it's, you're kind of know you're hoping for it, but dude, he, that Jack, I think that Jaguar team is going to be really, really good. I mean, also factor in that he, we, we're just adding Calvin Ridley to the team. Yeah, that's big. That could potentially be massive. You know, what's crazy about the Jags last year, uh, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram were the top three pass catchers for him, mm-hmm. which like now sounds like a decent crew. But going into last year, I don't think anyone would have made like said they were a top 20 receiving right. core in the league. And each one of them, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram all had career seasons. Think about how wild that is. They all had career highs in catches and yards. That's quarterback and that's coaching. And now we had Calvin Ridley. I also really like that Herbert, that uh, this is something Herbert hasn't done. I like that Lawrence has already had like a like a legitimate playoff experience. He came mm-hmm. back down 27-0. He threw four picks in the first half. And I think he had a fumble too. I think he had five turnovers in the first half. Oh yeah. He comes back, he throws four touchdowns in the second half to win. And then they keep it close uh, against the chiefs in the next round. That felt like his debut top ball, his maturing, (laughs) if you will. I just, I don't know. I feel like he's, he's battle tested. Like this is the year now. Um, I just think, I don't know. I, I, I agree with what you said. Hype. It's like, he's the real deal. And I don't know if people really think about him that way just yet, but I think he is. So where where are you suggesting we we put him in the same tier as Herbert, Lamar, who else do we have in there? Burrow, Fields, Lamar, yeah. Herbert. And okay. I understand that Lawrence is like it's, it's probably a harder sell than Herbert, but because he technically hasn't done it yet. But again, he was the QB six last half of the season last year. I think that's who he is. I love Usually, it. sometimes it's like you just look at the end of a season and you're like, well, like that doesn't. Like, you know, it's easy to look at the end of like DJ Moore's year and be like, well, he'll be great. It's like, yeah, probably not. I think it's different when you have a generational quarterback prospect coming to his own in his first season as a head coach or with a real head coach. And then, as you said, Craig, like, wait, I want to pull up the box score to that Jags Chargers game is I actually a Hall of Fame box score for like the before and after because Trevor Lawrence had. Yeah, he had like four, four picks. And I forget I the yardage and Trevor Lawrence. Ended up his final numbers for that game ended up being four touchdowns, 288 yards and four touchdowns wow. on the, the second half. And as cliche as it is, like there is something to that, though. Like there is like the, having that like there is a some kind of intangible confidence that comes to you. That I know it's like to take one year or whatever and you never pick up where you left off. And sometimes that's a mistake. But I think that there's a couple exceptions to that. And I think one of them is a quarterback of Lawrence's caliber ascending. They were four and eight last year. He rips off five straight wins to go to the playoffs, beats the Chargers in the second round, and then hangs on against the Chiefs. Like that, those are his last seven games. So no, would yeah, you rather have Ridley. would you rather have let's see here? So we have Trevor Lawrence ranked 74th. Would you rather have Jalen Hurts at 25, Lamar at 44, Trevor Lawrence at 74? That's a really tough question. Personally, I'd probably rather have Hertz or Lawrence. I wouldn't do Lamar. I think that feels though like a very accurate rendition of like what you're getting. Like Hertz, you're going to safety early. Lamar, it's like he could be Hertz. He could also just get hurt or the offense be terrible. And then Lawrence, you're kind of really banking on upside that hasn't totally been there for a whole season yet. 
Oh, I just, when I think about guys like, like if you had to place Herbert and Lawrence into the tier above or below them, the tier below them is Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones and Deshaun. So, like they're not in there. I want to get to them in a second. DK, where do you come out on that, Lamar? I'm still thinking I'm taking Hurts. I'm just looking at like the guys around Hurts in terms of like opportunity cost. Um, and I think that area of our draft, or at least where we're ranking, is there's some question marks around these guys. Like Kenneth Walker, like what's his overall workload going to be? Brees Hall, what's his overall health going to be? Is he even going to start the season? Chris Olave, you know, there's more of a mouth to feed in that offense this year. DK Metcalf. Then you get into like Mark Andrews, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. There's question marks with all these guys. I'm kind of just like taking hurts. I'm really glad you brought that up because I do think that that is, we probably left that out in the beginning, but that is a big part of our logic of like looking this year. We basically have, I would say the top 25-ish players, depending how you look. I would say there's 20, 25, depending on you count guys that I feel are not bulletproof, but they kind like of feel studs. like when you, yeah, yeah. And then the quarterbacks are just kind of between those guys and the guys that I have questions about. Yeah, exactly. Like if I have to ask a real question about you, I'm going to take Mahomes. I'm, yeah, because like my question here and the way I sort of just framed it in my head is like, is Kenneth Walker going to win me a league or is Jalen Hurts going to win me a league? And I'm yeah, taking Hurts yeah. there, you know? And but like, and then you can get your running backs and receivers a little bit later and those guys are still going to have question marks a little bit later. So um, it is, it's always opportunity cost in terms of like what kind of advantage or, you know, edge one of these players is going to give you. But like Jalen Hurts could legit win you a league again. Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence right between Kyle Pitts and, and uh, George Pickens, Craig. So, you know, tough for you. <laughs> well, we'll doing... get into uh, our receiver tiers. We'll, we'll, you'll, we'll see where I put Pickens. So, doing... Hyvitz, where, where are you where, where are you at with Lawrence in terms of tiers? Hurts, but realistically, if you're both taking Hurts, then he wouldn't be there. So, if I'm going to force myself. <laughs> um, wow, you're so right about the bad taste in my mouth about Lamar. It's like, I shouldn't be hesitant, but I am. I think, Lamar's, I think Lamar's going to just like go Lamar off. Lamar just feels like the pick that you look back at your draft. You're like, oh, so that's where I lost the season. But you're right. But it's probably going to be great. I'll do Lamar. But do, do you think Lawrence should be in the tier with Fields, Burrow, Jackson, and Herbert? It's a stretch, but I'm fine with that because the next tier, here's why. It's like, it, you know, we're splitting hairs here. But again, it, I'm okay with that because the next tier, as you said, Dak Prescott, we got Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, Tua. I... That's a tough tier. And then there's Kirk Cousins, Gino, Jared Goff. Honestly, you could make them all one big tier. Right. I think that what I want from you guys, I'm not objective about this. We have Daniel Jones as like the 10th quarterback. I think we're higher because of me um, on him <laughs> than other people. I mean, definitely because of me. I'm higher than Daniel Jones than you guys. But I guess I want a question and or an intervention. Like, am I... Looney Tunes for saying with DK is always like, well, Daniel Jones had 15 touchdown passes last year. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Look at all that room for growth, baby. Is that just me coping with the fact that we paid like 90 million guaranteed to a terrible quarterback? Or is that an actual argument? Cause I'm still working. Well, that. You, you just talked about how, you know, Josh Allen, the franchise quarterback, you got to You got to keep him in bubble wrap. Now you're, you're afraid, right? You don't want him to get hurt. He's your long-term future. Well, they just gave Daniel Jones a whole lot of money. They're going to run him like Josh Allen, like they did last year. Uh, he probably does have a nervous Jewish mother here in New York, but no, I think that 700 the, rushing yards. The first two months of the season, we were all convinced that they were trying to get Daniel Jones hurt because they just kept sending <laughs> right. him out on like naked bootlegs and shit. And we were like, wow, they're trying to just ruin him. But I'm so torn on Jones because I, I, I'm totally sympathetic to all the arguments against him where it's like, yes, yeah, 700 yards, seven touchdowns. It's like, all right, well, even if he runs for a little, I mean, obviously it's career highs. It's a weird, 
it's a weird mix, but basically if he runs less, obviously it's going to be hard for him to make up the passing because fantasy rules are dumb and all the rushings were three times more. But I think that, here, wait, I want to pull up these numbers. I have them. What's weird with Jones is that, so the Giants didn't pass a lot and they didn't throw it deep at all. Like they were check down city. They were like throwing it downfield, like 30th, the 30th right. farthest passes down the field, right? And then Daniel Jones had his highest scramble rate of his career, doubled his scramble rate. He had the lowest, he had the lowest passing yards per game of his career. And then it's like his uh, deep passes were basically like half the league average. Like they weren't throwing it a lot. They were throwing it not deep. And everyone hears that though. And is like, well, that's a Daniel Jones stat. I'm like, that's a giant stat. That's a giant's offense stat for a team with a, with a pretty bad offensive line that was down their top five, five wide receivers, six weeks into the season. Five wide receivers down six weeks into the season. So I'm like, yeah, he had a practice squad. He had our, our punt returner and then a practice squad receiver was playing for the Giants and everyone was begging for David Sills, who was basically our practice squad punt returner. And we're like begging <laughs> for- fans love David Sills. We're begging for David Sills, practice squad punt guy to basically come in and start. And I'm like, well, yeah, no shit that they weren't throwing downfield or throwing a lot. They couldn't protect long enough for him to do it. They're moving him out in bootlegs. So I'm torn because when I look at this group, I think Dak, Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, Tua. Realistically, Deshaun Watson probably has the most upside. It's kind of weird to even talk about him, but purely in terms of football, like obviously he has the most upside because he's been like a top two, top three quarterback before. Um, mm. He also sucked last year after a 700 something day layoff. Other than him, like, but Daniel Jones is the guy that feels like he has the upside just because we've seen him run. And it's like, well, what if they actually get better? You know what I mean? That's, right. So that's right. where I'm torn, where it's like Daniel Jones has the lowest floor, but also the highest ceiling of this group. There's just so many moving parts when it comes to the Giants. Like, number one, like we talked about just now, will Daniel Jones continue to run at the same rate or a similar rate that he did last year? I don't know. Maybe. Like, it's possible that he will continue to run a lot. Number two, will the offensive line start to gel together and be like a better unit? Like, Evan Neal was pretty bad as a rookie. Will he make that second year jump? Uh, Andrew Thomas sort of did that in his second year, right? Like, or was it his third year? I can't remember. Yeah, but. I'm. I, I, as a Giants fan who defended Andrew Thomas, even when he was bad, I, I, I don't know if Evan Neal's going to do it like Andrew right. Thomas did. Yeah. So that's a question mark. The they did a hodgepodge of a million slot receivers in in free agency and Darren Waller. Like, is Darren Waller going to be the same guy we used to see? Uh, if he is, or you know, like from the the 2020 year, 2021. Uh, that's a huge, huge deal. If he's like sort of injured and not really the same guy anymore, that's a wash or, you know, a negative for their overall offense. Paris Campbell, a lot of potential, but just can't stay healthy. Um, you know, Wandell Robinson coming off an ACL. Jalen Hyatt, what's he look like in the pros? Because he's probably going to take a little bit of time to develop. You know, there's just like a million moving parts when it comes to the Giants. And it's hard to nail down. Like, is Saquon Barkley going to be playing for them? Or are they going to have, you know, contract talks run into the season? So, you know, there's just like so many things. We were talking about with Trevor Lawrence, like sometimes you have to throw a season out. I think what's weird about Daniel Jones is, and maybe this is just um, revealing about how I think, I kind of just want to throw all of his seasons out because they don't really make sense. Like his rookie year, <laughs> right. he replaced Eli and he actually had like a bunch of 30 point games, but like they also were game planning for Eli and Immobile. And then he has two years of Jason Garrett where they literally had the fewest touchdowns in the league by like right. a lot. And then last year where it's like the entire offense got hurt. So I think I know that they're stealing here in my head, but in my heart, I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to suck. I think there's a, there is a universe in which Daniel Jones has a massive year, but it's what it's like the, you know, the Dr. Strange thing. It's like, there's one, there's one 
outcome where everything clicks and otherwise it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe not. Could we go to the universe? <laughs> what is, what else is going on in that universe where Daniel Jones is like the MVP and like just throws 56 touchdown passes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Kadarius Tony definitely plays all 17 <laughs> games in that universe. Exactly. Kadarius oh. Tony leads the chiefs in snaps in routes. Derek Henry finally falls off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Kelsey sucks and gets hurt. Kelsey's terrible. Pitch is incredible. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I get it now. All right, I'm out on. All right, we can move Daniel Jones down. Fine. Ironically, I think I'm actually the highest on him. I should I should move him down significantly after thinking it over. All right, other player that was insanely difficult for us to rank. There's a group of like upside backup quarterback league winners. I don't know what else to call them. That's a pretty not yeah. catchy name, but basically guys that you're not going to start. And there's like Anthony Richardson. There's Jordan Love. You know, Kyler Murray comes back from injury, um, and then. I thought Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. I'll put him in there too. Russell Wilson, if you want. And then I see that Anthony DK has Anthony Richardson like 30 spots higher than I do. And yeah. I'm like, what the heck? And DK, would you like to go ahead and explain your love for Anthony Richardson? My the the elevator pitch is you can suck at passing and still be an elite fantasy quarterback because you can run. And he is the most athletic, um, athletic most athletic, physical, tough. Like he's Cam Newton essentially, but faster. And so in, in, and again, like there's there's many universes, the Doctor Strange things, there's many universes when he, he maybe doesn't even start the season. He, get, he doesn't even get in until week six or seven. And then, you know, it takes him a while. And like then he turns out to be just like a wasted pick if you grab him, you know, in, in the middle rounds or whatever. But there's also a universe, I think, where he just scores 15 rushing touchdowns because they use him in goal line situations. And he's, you know, big, physical, fast. He runs a 4-4 at 245 pounds. Um, and they use him like Cam Newton did his rookie season. And by the way, he like is a little bit more developed and, and uh, refined as a passer than I think a lot of people think. And so um, if he starts from week one and, and does everything on the ground that I think he possibly could do, then, yeah, I mean, he has a chance to be a top 10, top five quarterback in, in fantasy. Well, I lost you for saying, if, you're, you're still talking about Daniel Jones, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so I don't know. Like to me, if you look at some of the, the rushing production that we've seen from guys like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is going to reach the same heights as those guys, either on the ground or in the air. But I think it's in the realm of possibility that he scores like 120, 140 points on the ground alone. And then from what he does from there uh, as a passer is just kind of like a bonus. But um, I mean, we've seen like, Heifetz, you just get so mad about it, but it really is a cheat code when you can run as a quarterback. And I think that they're going to do that because I think Shane Steichen saw it work so well with Jalen Hurts. It changes your offense. Yeah, I, I just hate the term cheat code because cheat codes are put in to have fun and, and this is just more of a, a glitch. But you're right. I guess my question is, you're also betting, you're banking in that Anthony Richardson, unless he is super competent on the ground immediately, and we're assuming also that he's going to be playing by September because the Colts have kind of said right. that they will. And Shane Steichen is the Eagles offensive coordinator. They, you know, honestly, the Super Bowl, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, if there's no defensive holding and the Eagles go down and score, we're talking about how the Eagles play the future of football. Like in that Super Bowl, the way they ran, I mean, basically almost like a high school style offense at an NFL level with NFL athletes, like, and that's a compliment. And now Shane Steichen was going from that to the Colts. However, there's also a world where Anthony Richardson is just lighting your pick on fire. Right. Like, like completely and utterly, like you have to cut him like three weeks into the season. The guy you yes. took in the 10th. Yes. Week. I think, and, but look, last year, this is another example. Last year. A lot of people thought they lit their uh, pick on fire when they picked uh, Justin Fields. In fact, I picked him up on waivers in one league. 
Um, and then he went on to like be, a, I don't even know what it was like a top five quarterback down the stretch. And he was really winning people games just because he was running so much. He rushed for over a thousand yards. Um, second most rushing yards in NF, in NFL history for a quarterback. And he did right. that even though the first six weeks of the season, yeah, people were cutting him. Yeah. I think what's tough about that drafting Anthony Richardson is you kind of have to draft, you have to waste two picks to have him really. I mean, you have to draft Geno Smith plus and another Anthony Richardson. Yeah, yeah. Right? And even if you draft Geno Smith and Anthony Richardson and Richardson doesn't work out, then you're just kind of stuck with Geno Smith the whole year. And like, are you going to win your fantasy championship with Geno Smith? Like it, it kind of needs to work out. And yet you still have to draft an insurance pick in, a, in another quarterback. So it, it, it's a tough commitment, I got to say. Or just take Lamar and Richardson. So when Lamar misses December, Richardson just fills in and he's great by then. Richardson's 111th on our list. Like there's the guys in that range are not dart throws necessarily, but like we got Deontay Foreman, who's part of a three or four man rotation in Chicago. You got Kenneth Gainwell, same deal, three or four man rotation in Philly. Uh, Samaji Pirine, maybe he's going to get some volume in Denver. Him. Tyler Algier is the f- handcuff for Bijan Robinson. These guys are all not dart throws, but they're, you know, there's plenty of ways that these picks can't work out too. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not like too worried about spending that pick there. But you'll need to, you'll need to spend two picks, don't, won't you? He might not start week one. You need to draft like Jared Goff. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I think that's okay. I mean, I'm comfortable with that because of the upside that he brings. Again, I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is probably going to... I don't think he's going to have a really good rookie season. I think in fantasy, he could be really valuable um, because of the way that they use him on the ground. And I do think they're going to use him as a runner because if you look at what the what the Eagles have done with Jalen Hurts over the last couple of years, that obviously Shane Steichen was, you know an architect, one of the people that designed that offense. And so um, the way that you can, number one, steal an extra gap by using him as a read option guy, like guy who can run. It's like you're adding an extra offensive player. And then two, you steal, essentially you steal a down by going for it on fourth down and being so successful. It's like they're, it's like they're changing the math of football. I mean, I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is going to be as good or as efficient as Jalen Hurts, but I, I don't know why they wouldn't use him in that same way. It's worth noting that the first quarterback where we started seeing that was Cam Newton, not even because Ron Rivera was aggressive as Panthers coach, but because Cam Newton on fourth and one was so automatic. They were like, Mm -hmm. why not? And Anthony Richardson is the closest Cam Newton we've had since Cam Newton. All right. If you could take one of these quarterbacks we've discussed today at the number we have them ranked, which would you take? Like, Would you rather have Jalen Hurts at 25 DK or would you rather have Anthony Richardson at 111? (laughs) Because I'll admit, yeah. it sounds like a lot like five years ago when we were talking about Lamar. Right. The problem is he's a rookie. Yeah. I, to me, it's like answering in May is like, okay, who, like, I re- I reserve the right to change my mind here, but like, I'm going for Anthony Richardson late because I think he has the upside to, to you know, go off if he's going to be the starter just because of what he can do on the ground. Um, we might find out in a month or two that he's probably not going to start the season or something, and that would obviously change. Um, but if he's like, you know, un- under the assumption that he's the week one starter, I would take Anthony Richardson. No, you can't change your mind. So you're locked into that now. Congratulations. <laughs> take a lot here. You now have Anthony Richardson as your quarterback on all 27 of your leagues. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our rankings are at fantasyfootball.thereener.com. Check them out there. Quarterbacks. Yeah, we'll move Anthony Richardson up to like the top 30. There you go. Uh, not really. Emails? Emails. Oh, man. Where to start? Um, sometimes there's like a slow gradient to how weird we get and sometimes not uh, what are we I just like we a blunt today. non sequitur yeah <laughs> yeah this is where i say goodbye to just my mom parachuting or listening in, yeah. with children um craig asked i don't remember what episode this was craig asked for people who are having sex in weird circumstances which oh, is we're different back. Than, 
What are people fucking on? What are the kids fucking on? Brandon. 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 Let's go. Brandon said, both of my kids were conceived while we were sharing space with my parents. Like in the same room? I No, I don't think so. He said, the first was while my wife and I were living with my folks in my childhood home while preparing to move. The second was while my folks were visiting us for Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's like a kink for him. Sneaking around. <laughs> DK, was yeah. Calvin... Was Calvin uh, conceived with your parents in the same house? No. <laughs> he was not. Should people email us at rearfantasyfootballgmail.com if they have weird stories about how they conceived their kids? What's the, what's the yes, closest your do. parents have been in literal distance when you conceived your child? <laughs> yeah, in feet. Well, I also, in feet. I, someone who listens to this podcast who I will not name unless they want to, I will just say that... Um, they have the same birthday as their son, to which I said, so you and your dad are on the same schedule. Yeah, they're synced. Which is not as cool, but it's true. Mm. Yeah, they got the same horny calendar. <laughs> DK, the one with the kid, is like not into this. What are you talking about? It's, I, I think it's great. I would like to know how close people are fucking to their parents. I okay. hope someone's like seven feet. And I'm like, e- I oh, gotta know that story. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com for weird conception stories. Describe it in vivid detail. Yeah. Brandon in the same email also <laughs> writes about other weird eating habits that we asked about because that dude emailed us saying he dips his two bagels in coffee every morning for 25 <laughs> years. The only I time I've ever that. That. The guy I went actually, to Japan and found bagels to dip. Whoever that was, I remember, forget his name, but uh, I've gotten multiple texts about you the bagel dipping guy like do you think that we shamed him out of it like do you think he eats them now and it's like has like he like it's like the garden of eden he didn't know he was naked and now he's like oh my god like i shouldn't dip these bagels i just don't get it the bagel would get too soggy it's it's not the right consistency of bread to dip a bagel like like a donut i get it i get the donut and coffee it doesn't disintegrate as much the bagel is so mushy (laughs) so brandon emails in to say two things one he puts french fries on salads which Brandon. What? Okay. I know. But the other one is his three-year-old requested capers and eggs, and he says it actually rips. Interesting. Capers. Those are super salty. They're like yeah. little olives, kind of. I could kind of see. I could see that. Chives that's, and eggs? That's interesting. Chives and eggs is not uh, that uncommon. Fries on salads, like, isn't that weird? It sounds weird, but I mean, it's not. It's, it's essentially not a weird. crouton. Right. It's a soggy yeah. crouton. Yeah. <laughs> Oily, right. soggy. soggy crouton. Why is it um, soggy? Crisp up your fries. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair. Well, window did. But you're like putting f- like salad dressing on the fries. They're going to soak up some of the salad dressing. You you add them after. Mm, How I many? Ha, are there any foods that adding French fries would not really improve it? It's like sandwiches, fine. Burritos, sure. Toss it in a salad, fine. I actually don't think burrito fries improve burritos. Like they don't make it worse. But if like a California burrito, I have them, and I'm like. I'd so much rather have a burrito and a side of French fries than the fries and the burrito sandwich. I, I like, I actually like potato chips on a sandwich. I'm finally That's getting the, to the, the crunch age. factor. You, yeah. you saying that French fries and a burrito are as bad as a horrific take. I didn't say Where they're bad. Horrific. I say they don't really No, It's a California thing, but it's like, when you get the burritos and the, the burrito with the fries, I would just rather have the same burrito and the French fries on the side and go back and forth. You don't like potatoes in your burrito. Like even a breakfast burrito, you don't like potatoes in there. Yeah, but it's fried. Oh, yeah. It gives you a crunch. I'm kind of of the age now where I'm like, why am I adding fried food to my... Oh, really? Mr. Quesadilla Day for 15 years? Yeah. Fried food food doesn't agree with me. 
when you're having a carne asada burrito in a beer, I feel like the health part of it's kind of out the window. You can just add, and you're <laughs> I mean, probably having fair. tortilla chips on the side that you're dipping in salsa. What are you talking about? It's healthy. It's fresh. It's freshly chopped. Hi, where veggies. are you eating your California burritos? Upstate New York? Well, no, it's when I lived in California before the global pandemic. The LA California burritos are not a thing. They're not good. They don't even really sell them at most places. You got to go south. So I'm void. So my experience, this is a very San Diego take. This is also everyone who doesn't live in California learning that San Diego and LA and San Francisco don't respect each other or the way they cook food. Speaking of San Diego, did you guys just see uh, like 30 minutes ago, uh, an MLS team is officially coming to San Diego. It's going to be the 30th team in the MLS. No, I actually will forget that as soon as this podcast ends. Um, Well, for all the soccer heads out there. I uh, I actually do have, we have one big email. This is a very important email. Okay. Okay. It's from Alec. 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 Longtime listener. Want to let you know, I thought the orange foam finger in your podcast logo was a toy dinosaur until today. Oh, I got to go look now. If you're yeah, listening to this podcast, look at our logo. You can go to list, wherever you listen to the podcast right now. And Alec says that he thought that was a toy dinosaur. And I was like, what an idiot. And then I looked at it. I was like, oh my God, now I cannot not see it. A toy it looks dinosaur. like a dinosaur. <laughs> looks like oh, a shit. Stegosaurus. Right. stegosaurus. Yeah, I know. So, like, what do we do about this? Oh, that's. I funny. can't not see it now. The number one looks like the leg. The separation between the legs of the yes. stegosaurus. It looks like the shadow. stegosaurus. I think it looks like a like a brontosaurus. Oh, oh it is brontosaurus. brontosaurus. You're right. That's Sorry. Right. Yeah. Not the long my... neck. Wait, what does a stegosaurus look like? Now? That's the, the one with the, the spiky, spiky back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of works. But yeah, brontosaurus is better. It's the regular face football show with a dinosaur. That's pretty funny. He's kind of right. Is that is that representative of me? I'm a dinosaur. Oh, by the way, Craig, uh, I've gotten many compliments, and I know that you've gotten them in the email too of our theme song of our music. And Craig picked that out. He didn't make it. To be clear, I I executively produced it. Evan Campbell made the music, but I like told him what I wanted. Oh Smart. wait, no, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 that was our that's old the Danacy music. Yes, yeah, yeah, this yeah. music I picked out on my own. I didn't make it, obviously, but I picked it out. So I, I did the same through the art. I wanted a, a dinosaur-looking representation on the art. And this dinosaur. Was, yeah. I just asked Chad was, like, was like, "There's actually a strong crossover between fans of dinosaurs and fantasy football." So can we incorporate that? Yeah. Graphic Email to ring football at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on our dinosaur logo. <laughs> I like that DK's idea that it just represents him. Well, I was like, get a, getting ahead of it. You know, like how uh, Eminem does, he he just disses himself so the other guy can't do it in the rap battle. That's what I was <laughs> right. Yeah, just getting ahead of it. Because I'm older. Cheddar Bob be with the plaques. I'm, old, I'm older than you guys. That's what we're going to do with Cal Pitts. We're just going to get ahead of it this year. <laughs> All right, I'm getting out of here. All right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to everyone who emailed us. Thank you, Alec, for now I literally can't even look at our podcast logo the same way. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Abba. We're in Sweden. Oh, I know I I've thanked Abba recently again, but you know that you had can to do go, it again. There's like a there's like a hologram Abba concert that you can go to. Apparently, oh, that's shit. like really awesome. Wait, we got to book the the Abba Museum. We have to book that. Do you guys want to go together? I'm gonna buy so yes. much Abba merch. <laughs> Wait, I'm not going to be able to afford a flight home. I'm going to buy so much Abba merch. <laughs> You're going to have to oh, send don't forget home, like, to a email separate us. box. If you've made it this far, no Stockholm. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com for Stockholm recommendations, but do it really quickly because we're like leaving soon. Mm-hmm. So send us that. And then Abba. All right, wait, how do we book this Abba tour? DK, do you Just, like Abba? Yeah. God, they're the best. They're incredible. Just Dancing Queen is a banger. 
Gimme, Gimme, Gimme is just an absolute ripper. There's so many of their songs sound so modern in terms of like how the beats are constructed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm having, did we talk about this previously on a pod? I feel like recently we talked about ABBA. So sorry if that's also just like incredible vibes clothing wise. Did you know that the clothes were for a tax write off? (laughs) I just can't get over their look. Wow. The seventies were the best. In Sweden, there's a law that if you can prove, or there was a law at the time that if you could prove your clothes were not for everyday use, there's a huge, you could just write them off your taxes. So that's, they were like, we should just dress really weird and we won't have to pay for our clothes. And that's how it started. Interesting. All right, hold on. Do you want me to book us three tickets to the Ab Museum right now? Well, no, because I have a fiance who also works at the Ringer. She might want to come. So, okay, we'll all go together. Well, we, we should let, we can do this off mic. We should see if anybody else wants to go. I don't know. All right, fine. <laughs> don't like right. literally I just it now. <laughs> I, just want, I don't know. All right, fine. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone.